This week on the podcast, talking about Facebook fundraiser stewardship with Good United. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, today we have a great guest from Good United. We're speaking with Jeremy Berman, the president and founder of Good United. Uh, Jeremy, how's it going? It's going well, George. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, well, I've been seeing you pop up all over the place because of the rising popularity of these crazy little things called Facebook fundraisers. Uh, before we wander down that path, though, Jeremy, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what Good United does? Yes. So five years ago, my co-founder, Nick Black, and I started Good United with the same purpose that we have today, and that is to empower nonprofits to make every donor and fundraiser feel appreciated. The way we do that is we help them connect in the context of where donors are spending time um, today, which is largely driven through social media, Facebook being a major driver. How we operate at the moment is that we are the only end-to-end solution that helps these organizations turn their Facebook fundraising into a sustainable revenue stream. And the way we do that is by leveraging Facebook Messenger to help these organizations optimize that experience between the nonprofits and the donors to ultimately help them increase revenue, data, and retention of these individuals raising money on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It sounds like a lot of sort of stewardship type of work. And can you explain to the audience who may not be familiar with the, the nuance of Facebook fundraising, why such a service is necessary? Yes, so for the first time, nonprofits are seeing revenue come in through social media that is totally outside of their social media strategy. And what I mean by that is individuals on Facebook are creating birthday campaigns and raising incredible amounts of money for these organizations. And this is largely happening without nonprofits buying ads and really helping these individuals take that action. It's all happening organically um, throughout the Facebook ecosystem. I think it's important that you you make that statement of like it's like there's money just happening onto people's shores here, and it's not because they've been like doing the block and tackle of. And then I post my cat video twice a week and my optimized posts here. It's as you mentioned, kind of like a, a peer-to-peer fundraising platform baked inside of this massive social network. Yeah, that that's right we have been tracking for a few years now is the ebb and flow of giving through Facebook. And what's really powerful is you could see when they initially launched the giving tools three years ago, nonprofits were making some money, but nothing that was really meaningful and moving the needle. And then we found that about a year later with the advent of this birthday fundraiser, 
Facebook was actually encouraging these individuals to create these campaigns on behalf of the nonprofits they support. And that was really the trigger that made Facebook fundraising go from like a blip in the radar to something that's being talked about at the executive level because it's impacting revenue in such a meaningful way. When we talk through the the Facebook fundraising ecosystem, you're saying like becoming bigger. Are there any numbers that you can you can tie onto this? Like how big in I don't know 2018 or, or recent numbers can you share? So we know what Facebook has released, and then we know what data we have from our current clients. So Facebook released that within the first year, I believe, of the giving tools being turned on, they raised over a billion dollars for nonprofits, and 300 million of that came from birthday campaigns. Um, I know through our data, and at Good United, we work with the largest nonprofits in the country that are actively using Facebook fundraising, um, and this segment makes up a large majority of the overall money being raised through Facebook. Um, so my assumption is it is largely um, not distributed equally across all nonprofits, but some of the top ones um, are getting the lion's share of the revenue um, coming in through Facebook at the moment. Sort of a power law where you know 10% of the, the group are getting 90% of the, the overall funds. We do a lot of research internally to try to determine what the correlation is between nonprofits and Facebook and revenue, and there hasn't been any really clear indicator. We have some organizations that have a few hundred thousand likes or followers, and they make millions of dollars every month. Um, we have others that have over a million likes and followers, and they make um, significantly less every month. Um, my best guess is that when it is your birthday, Facebook encourages this birthday campaign through calls to action in your timeline. And when you click the button to launch that fundraiser, they give you a list of fundraisers to choose from. And what I think is happening is that the organizations that have the most fundraisers are starting to rise to the top. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where because they have the most fundraisers, they're at the top, which means they get even more um, over and over again. And I think the, what we're seeing at the moment is that the organizations that embraced the giving tools early and saw that early momentum um, is now being reinforced with Facebook birthday campaigns at this massive scale. So there's an algorithm, surprise, surprise, at play. And it seems that when I'm being prompted by Facebook to start it, your instinct here and what you're seeing is not that that individual was motivated or inspired or triggered, we'll call it, by the nonprofit or some message the nonprofit put out there. More so, it was simply that, yeah, I should do this. Now let me just sort of shop around in what is being fed up to me with regard to the causes I care about. Is that, you feel like, the, the default narrative that is driving the big well, numbers? I think more or less. I think everyone has a cause that they care about, and Facebook largely knows what causes you care about from all your engagement data. And based on those causes, they're surfacing the same organizations that have missions towards that cause at the top of these lists. So, for example, if you are really into animals, Best Friends Animal Society might rise to the top, um, as opposed to perhaps some local organizations that have a similar mission um, that aren't at that national scale. 
All right, so for the people tearing their hair out at home, because frankly, Jeremy, this tactic boils down to the best way to be successful is to be successful on Facebook. What is what is the advice uh, you're going to give to that uh, more local nonprofit that's listening right now being like, look, I feel like there's a pony in there, but I don't want to play this game. Uh, what are the messaging tactics and tools that you've seen uh, allow sort of the, the mid-sized players to, to get a bigger slice of the apple? Pie. Yeah, I think, the apple pie. <laughs> I think in all in all things in life, all momentum happens with a single step. So even though you see all of these large organizations making an incredible amount of money, and that might intimidate you to go on and, and fight for your share, everything begins with taking that first action. So one of the more successful strategies we've seen is for nonprofits to leverage their existing donor database and to provide calls to action through email or through Facebook directly, asking people to create campaigns on Facebook, either for their birthday or for other um, causes or times of year that are important for that org. So don't sit back and just assume that if it's not happening organically, it's never gonna happen. I think there are strategies you could put in place today to leverage this amazing user experience that Facebook has provided and enabling people to easily raise money on your behalf on the Facebook platform. Mm -hmm. I love that suggestion because it makes that clear ask as to why someone gets engaged and it's a it's a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising strategy. However, it seems like if we get that flywheel going, to your point of like that first step is a big step, if we get that flywheel going, uh, there are... Uh, potential outsized rewards here. And by the way, the worst thing that'll happen is you just get some extra money from from Facebook. Yeah, I think that's, that's correct. Um, something we haven't necessarily covered yet, but what Facebook has optimized is creating these fundraisers in the easiest way possible. So literally in a single click, you can be 98% of the way through creating a fundraiser. And then sometimes you could do it in a single click. So by reducing the friction that it takes to launch a Facebook fundraiser, you're increasing the likelihood that people actually follow through on this action. And if you compare that to the process for creating an external P2P fundraiser through a website, it's night and day, right? To create a P2P fundraiser on a website, you typically have to find a picture, tell a story, invite friends. You have to do all of these things that require time and a strategy to implement well. What Facebook has done has essentially removed all of that friction, allowing people to deploy Facebook fundraisers in a single click. And then once they're deployed, Facebook is actually sharing that on behalf of you to your friends' feeds, which is what's driving that organic activity all across Facebook. Gotcha. So what I want to get onto now is actually the the services you all provide. Why you know why do I need this at all? I'm just getting free money from Facebook and the the people on there. Can I just sort of ignore that whole thing and just keep you know keep my wallet open and collect it all? Yeah, you can if you are cool with using hope as a strategy. So what Facebook does incredibly well is giving you money every month. There are a number of different challenges 
that we solve at Good United that take these transactional experiences on Facebook and turn them into a sustainable revenue stream. So in order to do that, we think of it as an overall donor or fundraiser journey within the Facebook ecosystem. So the number one complaint that we hear from nonprofits is that we don't have the data. Facebook doesn't give you what you need or give us what we need to provide that exceptional Facebook fundraising experience and to retain these people over time. And that is specifically what we have built the solution to solve, but all in the context of the Facebook ecosystem. And this is a fundamentally different strategy than the status quo, which is all based on email. So what we offer at Good United is a managed service solution that does everything for the nonprofits to set them up for success to retain fundraisers and donors over time. What that looks like is first, our team manually delivering thank you messages to 100% of the nonprofit Facebook fundraisers. And the reason that's important is one, at least now the nonprofit has a way to say thank you to these individuals that are creating campaigns on their behalf. Two, most importantly, we can provide a value add reason for that fundraiser to opt in and connect with that nonprofit over Facebook Messenger. So unlike relying on an email address, we can use the Facebook tool of Messenger to communicate with that individual going forward. And once that fundraiser is opted in, that's really where the power of our technology takes over. So we have invested a lot into AI in order to create the ideal fundraising experience for each unique individual that's raising money on behalf of the nonprofit. And what we can start to do is to send trigger-based messages, helping that fundraiser reach their fundraising goal. The other thing that's really powerful is that unlike email, Facebook Messenger allows you to have a conversation with the individual, right? Email is a one-way push of information. Messenger is a two-way conversation. So not only can we push you information about um, the fundraiser and the organization, but we can also ask you questions, receive your answers, and dynamically change content and our responses based on what we learn over time. The output of this is that over 90% of the fundraisers that we communicate with say that they'll raise money for that nonprofit again in the future. And actually share an email address and other contact information in order to do so. And then, George, the last part of this managed service is a web app where we take all of the Facebook fundraising data, combine it with all of this new data that we receive through Facebook Messenger, and have a dashboard and reporting mechanism to make this really actionable um, going forward by getting all this data into the nonprofit CRM. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that it's a ground game and you've automated where possible, but also brought the, uh, you know, the time on our tradition of stewardship, of thanking donors 
and frankly, the way the you know the tool is set up right now is not built for large scale thank yous for the the type of back and forth that it seems like then drives what you'd hope and imagine and now have seen, which is retention, right? Appreciation that leads to more dollars down the road. That's right. Let me ask you a question. Of the large organizations we work with, what percentage of the fundraisers and donors do you think are new to the organizations, meaning they've never given to them in the past? Ooh, I love this. Uh, I would say... I feel like we're talking about an 80-20, but the other way, 80% are new because this is a new avenue. You are right on. So we find that over 85% of the fundraisers and donors are new to the organization. And in my opinion, this makes this the number one acquisition opportunity for nonprofits. Because unlike asking someone to sign up for a newsletter, which you then need to build a marketing funnel to get them to convert to a donor, these people have already given to you. They've already created a fundraiser and raised money on your behalf. So by identifying these individuals and giving the nonprofits the information they need to retain them over time, we are 10xing um, these acquisitions opportunity by really connecting them to the people that we know already care. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I want to parse out something. I run a Facebook birthday fundraiser, and then, you know, my mom gives, my sisters give, blah, blah, blah. Um, Are you able to then go and thank the people like my mom who gave to my fundraiser, or is it just me that we're talking about in this sort of back and forth? So that is the number one request um, that we have from uh, the nonprofits we serve. So to date, we have been laser focused on creating an exceptional fundraiser experience to do one thing well before we move to the next. Um, However, we are excited to announce um, that we recently started beta testing a donor module. So in the coming weeks and months, we're going to be releasing this to our existing clients and enable the organizations to connect with just the people you said, the moms, the friends, the other family members that have given to these fundraiser campaigns in the hopes of retaining them going forward as well. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad. Did you know that 83% of the people on average, according to MNR, that go to your donate page do not give? Check your doctor. Results may vary, but people leave your donate page at a staggering level. GetLighthouse.io allows you to create a list of emails that went to that donate page but didn't necessarily give, allowing you to send a note, a follow-up saying, hey, how can I help you give? It connects to Google Analytics and MailChimp to add this functionality to your existing site. Go check it out at getlighthouse.io and back to our show. That's very interesting. And I had no clue. Totally set that up. But it's obviously uh, a key pain point that logically follows um, given given the platform and and the nature of nonprofits wanting uh, and understanding that they need to want uh, those data. Okay, Jeremy. uh, Oh, before we go into pro versus con... Uh, I have one more question about uh, Instagram. They recently rolled out the sticker donations. Do you have a hot take on that and how that's being rolled out and integrated? They did. So we have all the Instagram giving data um, for the organizations we serve as well. And what we have found to date 
is that it's still in, in its infancy. Um, organizations are just starting to see um, a little bit of revenue come in through Instagram. And what's interesting is that you talk to nonprofits and they're like disappointed that all the money's not coming in right off the bat. But in my mind, this is very similar to where Facebook fundraising started three years ago, where they were launched the giving tool and it was a slow build till they found the birthday fundraiser, which accelerated revenue across the board. So in my mind, the fact that anyone can give through Instagram today is a win no matter what, because it opens up a totally new market for nonprofits. And my expectation is that Facebook collectively starts to invest in the Instagram giving tool platform to find that one use case that unlocks this massive opportunity just the way they did with Facebook fundraising. So yes, it's small today. However, my expectation is that this will grow over time from one, a combination of Facebook investing in the product and two, nonprofits investing in their own strategy to unlock this new channel. Because there's a lot of nuances and differences between Instagram giving and Facebook giving that nonprofits are starting to understand and to put strategies in place to unlock going forward. Thank you for the hot take. Very interesting. Uh, I, uh, I I agree with you. I agree that uh, it's it's a classic Facebook. Let's uh, launch, see what happens, and then you know find out through testing where where the upside is. Uh, I'm also extremely bullish on it because it is a it is a new open channel. All right, Jeremy, we're gonna do pro versus con on should your nonprofit start a whole Facebook fundraising uh, strategy. Uh, what side would you like? I uh, think it's no surprise. I'm going to go 100% pro. All right, friend. Would you like to start or would you like to go second? You open up. <laughs> All right. Opening serve. I, I think somebody mentioned this before, but I don't get the data actually from this Facebook fundraising platform. I'm sending my donors to another website where I literally will have to like manually go through or, no offense, hire a firm. I'm not going to be raising that much. Why should I bother creating this Facebook fundraiser? Because I'm not getting those data. Yeah, here's the best thing I could tell you. The worst thing you can do is to go against what your donors want. If you try to push them to your website because that's in the best interest for you, then you're missing the point. The point is to create the ideal donor or fundraiser experience because that's what unlocks the most opportunity. And if your donors and fundraisers are already spending 44 minutes a day on Facebook, you want to go to where they are and adapt to the new way of the world to give them that great experience and to get them giving in whatever means possible um, what's in the best interest for them. I'm pretty sure somebody explained to me that it seems like giving through Facebook on the platform is really it, – it's, it's a power law. Only the big players with big brands and big followings can, can play, and I'm just like – I'm too small to, to get in that game, and it seems like it is saturated. Everyone's doing it. It's totally done, and there's no room for me. Here's I, I would tell you to do a test. Send an email to 100 of your donors, and 50 of them give a call to action to create a campaign through your website. And for the other 50, give them the unique URL to create a fundraiser for you on Facebook and see what happens. What I would expect to happen 
is that there is a much higher conversion rate for the people that click the Facebook button because they can do it without any friction. In less than two clicks, one to two clicks, they're going to have a live Facebook fundraiser and Facebook's going to start promoting that on your behalf. So at the end of the day, I would almost guarantee that you will raise more money and get more of your existing donors to take an action by pushing them to Facebook than by asking them to go to your fundraising page and do it there. So I would go back to what I said before, and the best thing to do is to always do what's in favor of what your donors want. I have this board member who has this kid, and basically they told me like nobody is using Facebook anymore. So like nobody's really going to be on this platform. Everyone's going to delete their account. Why should I bother investing in Facebook because nobody uses it anymore because my board member's kid said so? Let's just look at the data. Um, so on average, 44 – on average, everyone that uses Facebook uses it 44 minutes a day. And if you look at their latest board meeting where they share the growth rate of the U.S.-based market over time, it's pretty consistent. So what that tells us is that there aren't people canceling their Facebook accounts in hordes. They are using it because they want to connect with their friends and family, and that happens to be where they're spending time. So while your board member might have one strong voice and very specific point of view, I would encourage you to, to look at the market, do a little bit of testing, and give your board member the data of what is actually happening and allow them to see the impact it could have over time. I've heard that the only reason why Facebook is rolling out fundraisers and this whole integration with donations is because they're trying to get as many credit card numbers as possible. They, by doing this, are increasing the amount of transactions through the platform only to set up future endeavors to take over the world, do more things that are evil, integrate Libra and other bizarre types of currency games, and, and suck in more data from my donors. How can I participate in this just you know, to, to build the Zucker Pants empire? I don't disagree, but I do think that if you are an active member on Facebook, Facebook's whole way to monetize is you, right? They're building data on everything you do. But the flip side of that is your experience should actually get better if Facebook is doing their jobs. In the traditional ad sense, you should be getting ads that are more relevant to you about things you actually like. That's why people are buying up all of these things that they see on Instagram and Facebook. It's because these companies actually do a really good job of understanding who you are and giving you opportunities to buy things that they know you'll like. So I don't think the Facebook fundraising world is any different, right? It's just another way for organizations to learn more about you to help give you things that you enjoy. Um, the other thing is that when a individual gives their credit card number to Facebook, either by making a purchase or through a fundraiser, their experience on Facebook is only going to get better. And it's only going to get better because there is even less friction now to make another donation or to make another purchase. So again, if the status quo is every time you go to a nonprofit website or an e-commerce store, you have to enter in your credit card number. 
And it's a huge pain. No one wants to dig out their wallet and, and add that every time. But the reality is in the Facebook ecosystem, once you do it once, every transaction you make going forward can be completed in a single click. So you can give to other people's fundraisers and you could buy things, thus making your experience better and reinforcing the need for more data over time. Well, Jeremy, thank you for putting up with our pro versus con game today. I, uh, I think uh, I think the pros have it today. Um, I, I threw some of my best stuff at you, though. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, the final point is just kind of an interesting one. You know, when you really dig into like, why are they waiving all of the transaction fees? You know, like I'll just be honest, it never seems like Facebook's that altruistic. Um, it's you know, it seemed clear to me originally, but now, frankly, it is it's an inevitability. And there's free money to be had there. And so, like, if the answer is like, no, I wouldn't pick up $100 off the street, then, okay, (laughs) you better come up with some new fundraising tactics. I I think you hit on it before. Um, It's just not their business model. They don't want to monetize through transactions. um, And they also want to do what's best in the interest of the nonprofits. Historically, other companies have had to monetize through transactions because that's the only way that they could. Facebook has this other option, right? By creating these unique ad experiences, getting people to buy. And strategically, it makes sense, in my opinion, to remove that transaction fee because it creates a great experience for the nonprofits. Donors feel good about it. And it fuels their true monetization strategy of getting more information and getting people the the right ads that create a better experience. And so as far as the the model, and this is important, based on that and that value add, is it your belief that Facebook will, I, I won't use the word perpetuity, but at least for the foreseeable, call it five, three to five year horizon, continue to keep this offering on the table? And does it seem like they're continuing to invest in the feature set that uh, nonprofits are asking for? Yeah, no question. So yes, this feature will be around in perpetuity. Um, Not only is Facebook waiving the transaction fees, but they've actually been making the first donation to many fundraisers for the last um, one to two years. So everyone that creates a campaign, they're given one to five dollars. I don't think that's going to be around forever, but I do think the free transactions um, will be because it's such a central part of the offering and the overall business model. In terms of investing in the product set itself, um, I do think they're going to continuously invest in this. Um, We work closely with the team um, without sharing anything that's not public. Um, They are working incredibly hard to improve that fundraiser and donor and nonprofit experience to better serve the needs of of all of those personas. Um, So it's starting with Instagram, but I think we can expect more um, enhancements to the existing Facebook giving set, um, giving tool set um, over time as well. That's that's really helpful to hear from, you know, uh, an insider or somebody working that closely with it, because that's always the fear of like, you know, well, the merry-go-round is going to stop. And by the time I get there and the, so I think it's uh, it's a confident statement and logically based in, uh, in what you've seen. So thank you, Jeremy. Even though our whole core, our whole product set is reinforcing the value of Facebook giving tools in the Facebook ecosystem, I don't think going all in on Facebook 100% is 
the best strategy today. I think leveraging Facebook to enhance your overall giving strategy is a massive opportunity that every single organization should be taking advantage of. But to say, I'm not gonna do anything outside of Facebook, I think is not the right move because all of these things work together to create the best experience for your constituents and that's the that's the best thing you can do. No way. What I'm hearing from you is delete everything except for Facebook. Only use Facebook. Rewrite your donate page to Facebook. And don't worry. Nothing bad will happen. Boom. Is that what I'm Call Good United and we're good. No, <laughs> um, Take two. Call me in the morning. That's right. No, we, uh, we always want to do what's in the best interest for the nonprofits, the fundraisers, and the donors. And having that diversified strategy um, is definitely the way to go. Good public service announcement. It's in addition to, not instead of, your pre-existing fundraising program. All righty, Jeremy. Now we're going to do rapid fire. Are you ready? Please keep your responses around 30 seconds. Uh, here we go. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year? If you've never heard of Airtable, you need to hear of Airtable. Airtable fundamentally changed the way we operate at Good United. You could think of it as Excel Sheets or Excel Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel on steroids. And what it has allowed us to do is to essentially optimize every single thing in this company by creating a framework and process that is scalable and controllable across all teams. What is one tech issue that you're battling with right now? Data synchronization across all of our systems. So we get data from Messenger, we get data from Facebook, we get data from nonprofits, and trying to keep the integrity of that data all in one place is an ever-going challenge for our organization and I'm assuming many others as well. What is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? Hidden on what we said before, I think the new social giving channels um, where individuals are gonna be able to raise money and communicate um, with their donors. So whether that's Instagram releasing their giving sticker or Facebook aligning the architecture of Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram message, I expect more and more opportunities for nonprofits to connect with donors in the context of where they're spending time, which is what the donors want. Talk about a mistake that you made earlier in your career that now shapes the way you do things today. Before we released this product on Facebook fundraising, our company failed for four years. And we failed because we didn't listen to our customers, the nonprofits. Um, so one of the biggest changes we've made in the company is to align everything around customer discovery. We invest so much upfront to understand what are the root issues, how can we solve them, and how can we be ensure that nonprofits actually need this today and has fundamentally changed the outcome of Good United? Do you believe nonprofits can successfully go out of business? I think that's the goal, right? If they achieve whatever that they set out to achieve, their job should be to put themselves out of business. So I hope so. I put you in a hot tub time machine back to the beginning of founding Good United. What advice would you give your, your younger, less gray-haired self? You are not going to come up with the answer in a room with four other people. The only way to understand how you can help nonprofits is to get out there and talk to them and invest in customer discovery, like I said before. That's truly the only way you can build solutions and products that customers want. 
What is something you think you or your organization should stop doing? What should they stop doing? I think they should stop acquiring new donors, and they should focus on a retention strategy to retain the ones they already have. To me, to Good United, we believe the biggest opportunity in nonprofit giving is to retain the individuals or that long tail of donors that have given to you once or twice over the last few years. If you had a Harry Potter style wand to wave across the nonprofit sector, what would it do? It would open up the nonprofit's eyes to where the market is headed. We have a true belief that fundraisers and donors want to connect with these organizations in the context of where they're spending time. Nobody, not nobody, email rates are declining. Very few people are spending time on nonprofit websites, but a majority of people are spending 44 minutes a day on Facebook and other social channels. So if you truly want an opportunity to get the attention of this supporter group, you need to invest in tools and technologies to connect with them where they are. How did you get started in the social impact sector? My co-founder and I met in business school at UNC, and we were probably one or two of 10 people that were in business school um, for a different reason than to become an investment banker, consultant, or marketer. I have a core belief that my happiness comes from meaningful work and meaningful relationships. So I went to business school with the idea of figuring out how to unlock what was meaningful work to me. And prior to going to business school, I had a lot of experience in volunteering with nonprofits and got a lot of fulfillment from that work and really used my time at UNC to unpack or what meaningful work meant to me. And what I learned was that merging my passion for technology with the opportunity to serve nonprofits and the people they serve, it was really the greatest way for me to jump into the social impact space and to figure out how I could be of service. What advice would you give college graduates looking to enter the social impact sector? The last thing I said is the answer. The number one most important thing you can do is to figure out how to be of service. I tell my company at Good United the same thing I'll tell you. Your job or everyone's job, including myself, is to make yourself invaluable. Figure out what problems need to be solved, proactively solve them, and you will have a job for the rest of your life. Powerful note to end on, Jeremy. Final question. How do people find you? How do people help you? On Twitter, my handle is Jeremy Berm, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-E-R-M. And if you want to check out Good United, go to goodunited.io. Thanks for having me, George. Great talking with you. Thank you so much. This has been episode 136. If you got a minute, please leave us a rating on iTunes. It helps because the algorithms run our lives. Seriously, if you've enjoyed this podcast for a while, head on over to iTunes, leave us a quick rating. It will help us reach more people with more great info like this info that you just got. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at wholewhale. And thanks for joining us. Thanks as always to Greg, Thomas, music.org. That's where our music comes from. 
That's why it sounds so good. You should go there too for good music. Hi, Greg. <laughs>